heads up. This week, John and Sebastian dish on donkey sauce, Hulkamania, and the next Jesus as we buy a one-way ticket to Flavortown on Here's Why It's Great. I'm Sebastian Gadlichick, and we're rolling out looking for what makes Guy Fieri out of bounds on Here's Why It's Great. Rev up your engines, hop aboard the train, because we're going to Flavortown on Here's Why It's Great. I'm John Bring, your host. And I'm still Sebastian Kedlicek. We just announced ourselves. We're going to announce ourselves again because that's how important it is. We are doing Guy MFN Fieri today. Oh, man. I'm excited. Me too. This is actually another listener request, this time from Twitter. Tyler, longtime listener, good friend of the show. <laughs> and he suggested the mayor of Flavortown himself, Mr. Geisif Fieri. Geisal, Geisf. Follow you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't come up with anything better than <laughs> Guy Follum you. Uh, so, yeah, we're doing Guy Fieri, a guy who I believe Guy Fieri. Fieri, who unfortunately gets shit on a lot. He does. Uh, by us, occasionally. By us, often. Uh, <laughs> but as much as he gets shit on, I think there's also a huge contingent of people that love this guy, that yeah. worship at the altar of yeah. Guy and of Flavortown and what he represents. Oh, and there's a a group of people that should because i mean i do think he's as you said universe not if not universally very widely reviled yes because of his over-the-top nature and many things we'll get into but i think that there are a lot of redeeming qualities and a lot of fun things about our friend guy fietti absolutely and we're going to talk about everything the guy's got restaurants he's got plenty of television he is basically the Food Network at yeah. this point. He's got uh, he's got humanitarian- him and Bobby Flay. Yeah, exactly. And and Ted Allen and on Chopped. Oh, okay. okay. That's the classy side oh, of of the Food Network. But he's got he's built an empire. Yeah, off of just some bleach of bowling shirts, <laughs> bowling shirts, and sunglasses on the back of his head. Well, let's talk about Guy Fieri a little bit for anybody who may not know. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably do know the basics. But Guy Fieri, born Guy Fieri, Fieri. It's not really his name. It's his grandfather's name, his Italian name, the the name of his ancestors. Mm. And it wasn't until he got married. He was born Guy Ferry in Columbus, Ohio, the place that I last expected this guy to be born. He was I, hanging out with Drew, with Drew Carey, Drew Drusilla Ca- Carey. That is definitely not. <laughs> I mean, Cleveland and Cleveland. where was he from? Columbus, I believe. Columbus. Yeah. They both start with C and they both are in Ohio. That, I'm that's pretty true. sure so, they were best friends. You know, all the major cities in Ohio all start with C's, Columbus, Cincinnati, and Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. So they're all best friends, clearly. He's yeah. best friends with Drew Carey. How like, you look at Drew Carey. He, like, screams Midwesterner to me. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Guy Fieri, mm-hmm. and he screams Floridian to he me. He screams at you is what he does. <laughs> yeah, he he does screams scream. at you. Everything about this man is loud. But he was born in Columbus, Ohio, but soon moved at a young age to California, to Central California, where he grew up. And it wasn't until uh, later in life in high school he met an Italian foreign exchange student, became friends. And that is what sparked his interest in the culinary arts. He would eventually go on to study in France and Italy uh, hmm. to become a chef. And so he is Italian, but he met an Italian foreign exchange student 
And that's actually what got him interested in like culinary arts. Yes. Yes. Like his, his grandfather or great grandfather immigrated from Italy and at, you know, the Ellis Island situation, mm-hmm. switched the name from Fieri to Ferry, yeah. anglicized it so they could fit in in this sure. great country of Assimilate. ours. A lot yeah. of people did that. Of course. Of course. And I've always said that I'm sure Bring, that's such a weird last name, that mm-hmm. we were something like, because my family comes from Germany and uh, France, so it's probably like Bringenstein or something like that. Something much longer that I've always wanted to know, but never actually just took the time to look it up. Do you think it's a solo situation? Do you think that they weren't sure what the last name was and your ancestor was there at the at Ellis Island and they were like, hey, bring it over here. Bring it over here. Bring. Bring it. And they were like, what's your last name? Bring possibly yeah I think and it was some happened. snooty imperial officer yeah or perhaps it's a hodor situation <laughs> yep. where in the future uh-huh. i for some reason am bringing something and someone's keeping telling me to bring something bring something bring something one of my ancestors is warging into me into the future uh-huh. and i don't know how this works warg games <laughs> what yeah. warg games sure yeah. yeah that's what they did back in the day right yeah they didn't have tv or the internet so what are you going to do you're going to warg into your way down the line yeah in your in your gene pool yeah and uh yeah and he heard the bring 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 and um that's what happened or but it was or like, i warged into them i don't know but it wasn't i've lost bring, the thread though. it was like it was like just bring it just bring it just bring it bring 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 yeah bring that's bring. it that's exactly the story yeah on ellis island uh it was a weird day that day on ellis <laughs> island <laughs> Uh, a lot of weird stuff happening. A lot of people warging that day. <laughs> they were like, just ch- that, that guy's was actually much easier because he was just like, you know what? Just change it to Fieri. Just change <laughs> right. it to Fieri. Just change it just... to Fieri. So he had sort of forgotten about his Italian ancestry, uh, or at least his family had, until this Italian foreign exchange student came to his life. And through his visits to Italy and learning how to cook, he reignited his passion for his his past, for mm-hmm. his uh, background. And when he got married... He changed his name to Fieri, reverting back to what his great-grandfather or his grandfather's original name was. He reclaimed which, it. Exactly, which made me think, when I got married, I kind of changed my name to whatever I wanted. Yeah. Like, why didn't I change my name to, like, Optimus Prime or something? Yeah. And then Lindsay could have been Lindsay Prime, yeah. and that would have been awesome. Or, like, Ultra Magnus or Ultimate Warrior. Uh, well, actually, Jim Helwig, a.k.a. the Ultimate Warrior, had mm-hmm. actually ultimately changed his name, no pun intended, to warrior because vince mcmahon obviously owns the trademark to ultimate warrior Uh so jim helwig changed his name to warrior warrior so that he could do speaking engagements as warrior and not get sued by the wwe wow interesting and i'm still thinking about how Lindsay she actually would have probably still kept calhoun so (laughs) calhoun optimus prime oh so you're saying my last name would have been optimus prime yes so it would have been john and then i probably just to make it perfect would have changed my middle name to rodimus prime Uh just so he could cover both leaders of the autobots john John rodimus prime optimus prime yes wow bring i don't know (laughs) we can let bring in there why not but uh and Lindsay would have definitely been Lindsay optimus prime calhoun bring that would have been. <laughs> you guys should have done it. Is there I know, still time? I know. I know. Do you think there's and... anything that you would have wanted to change your name to if given the opportunity? Uh, probably Fieri. <laughs> right, Sebastian Fieri. Yeah. Just to, you know, for your your Italian ancestors. Yeah. Sebastiani you... Fieri. Oh, that's oh, it's a beautiful thing. So obviously Guy Fieri. Let's get back on course. Here. Oh right, Guy Fieri would go on to win the second season of the next great Food Network star, the TV show. When was that? Do you this know? Like this was the ages 90s, ago. Because yeah? he first... looks like he's. Just cryogenically frozen in the 90s. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, I think this happened like in the 
early to mid 2000s i think it was like oh. 2005 2006 so he was still behind the times that's when this awesome. happened that's more awesome absolutely and i think that uh his style i mean you look at him now it's like he was this is basically the role that he was born to play in the universe this is why he was put on this planet was to play the role of guy fieri yeah do um, you think when he goes home to his you know i'm sure he's got an amazing place do you think when he goes on and he puts his feet up he take after he's taken a shower and he's got the robe on and everything. Do you think he's completely different? Do you think he's like, oh boy, what a rough day that was? Like he puts on the Guy Fieri persona, mm-hmm. or do you think it's actually part of his DNA, his soul? I think it is part of his soul. I, I feel like everything I've read and heard says that that is the guy that he is. I think he's more shrewd than maybe people would think, which uh-huh. is obvious because I mean he's built an empire of restaurants and TV shows. So you've got to have a level of shrewdness about you, and I think probably a lot of people underestimate estimate him because of the way he looks but i do wonder like at the end of the day yeah he's taking a shower maybe he's yeah probably hasn't gone to the gym let's be honest yeah he had himself a pulled pork sandwich with some donkey sauce on it (laughs) out of bounds oh it was definitely dynamite brother and he takes a shower and i think his hair just automatically spikes itself back up like, I have my best friend, Darren. He started twisting his mustache uh-huh. like a curly cue mustache. And this is before hipsters took yeah. that style. He was the true innovator of that. Okay. And it used to be he'd have to put, like, oils and, like, wax, wax or, yeah. or whatever in it. Now it just stays like that. That's just how it is. So I think that Guy Fieri, his DNA has shifted. And that little patch in his beard and his hair just permanently blonde now and permanently spiky no matter what. Yeah. He could dip his head in the pool, uh-huh. come out. You know, do the Phoebe case. Oh, don't ruin that for me. <laughs> okay. And, and do the dog wag thing where he, like, shakes all the water out of his hair. Yeah. And it'll go... Right back. Right back to all, how it always is. Yeah. And that's that's great about him. Let me, uh, let me paint another scenario for you. Oh, please. So he goes home after a long day of Guy Fieri-ing and... No other way to describe it. Yeah. He he goes home. He's He wipes the pulled pork juices off of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Goes into his bedroom... Drops that bowling shirt with the flames on it to the Mm -hmm. ground. Mm -hmm. Turns on the shower. Gets in. uh, Hello, darkness. My old friend starts playing. The shower is just streaming over him. The bleach from his hair is this yellow dye that's just like tears going down his cheeks as the Guy Fieri persona is falling away. And he just starts crying. And one of his many servants is like, are you okay? And this is where we see the shrewd, darker side. And he's like, you're out of luck. You're about to get fucked. Wow. So <laughs> that's a, that was a much darker viewpoint of uh, than what I thought. Yeah. So, okay. So is he practicing for like the boardroom meeting where yeah. they're like, oh, this fucking guy, like, oh, great. We got to have Fieri in today. Yeah. And he's like, first of all, it's Fieri. And, <laughs> yep. and then they're like, Guy Fieri, we can't do this thing. We're not making the deal. And he's like, well, what was the line? You're out of luck. You're about to get fucked. Right. And then he uses his clout to get that executive fired. Yeah. And Bend that executive- over because this donkey sauce is going straight up your ass. Um, I think it's supposed to rhyme, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not great at like coming up with rhymes on the, off oh. the top of my head. Yeah. And I keep reverting to donkey sauce, which I know isn't the only thing about Guy Fieri, but for whatever reason, that's the <laughs> thing that keeps coming up. Okay. There's a lot of Fieri-isms, and there we're going to get into them at some point on this show. So let me just get and finish off with telling people before we get into more guesses about how he oh. deals with himself and his personal life. And okay. After everything's said and done.
been done. He would go on to obviously win the Food Network star show. They gave him a show which would ultimately lead him to creating Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, which uh, started in 2007 or 8. And now it is in like its 30th season, 31st season, runaway success. And at one point, probably in 2008, 2009, Food Network said, we're doubling down on some Fieri. This guy is the They're face tripling of, down. <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> because they're taking Triple D. They're going to give him Triple G, which is Guy's Grocery Games. They're going to make him the face of the Food Network. And by God, he is. Yeah. And I think that's really wise on their part. Because I did not watch Food Network until Guy Fieri was running things. Mm-hmm. And now it's a constant destination on my he, television. What's interesting about Guy, and I think what's good about it, is he is sort of the everyman. Like, you were talking about Chopped and some of the other things that are a bit more highfalutin, and Guy Fieri is not about that. Guy Fieri's about that pulled pork. Guy Fieri's about that, like, hey guys, I'm here right now, this is what I'm doing, who needs to be fancy and frou-frou? Let's just eat a bunch of stuff. And maybe that's a little why more people just kind of connect with him. I think you're totally right. I, I do love a good Chopped, but if I'm given the choice between Chomped and Triple G, you know I'm going to go for Guy's Grocery Games every time. One, all the judges aren't super snooty. They're all pretty chill people. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy several. One of his uh, judges who actually, I believe, was on Triple G and now is like a Food Network star in its own right, Carl Ruiz. He's a Cuban uh, chef. I, I think he's from Miami. But I think he was on Triple D, okay. Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, would go on to be on Triple G, Guy's Grocery Games. Uh, he's now guest on tons of shows. Huh. And I think Guy does that. He think he pays it forward with a lot of these people uh, that we wouldn't otherwise know. And Guy's Grocery Games is chopped because you have the competitive cooking. Yeah. Wonderful. It's also <laughs> got an element of Triple D because you have all these chefs. These are regular Joes like you and I. People yeah. who work at their own restaurants in the kitchen who are sweating it out every day. He's putting them on a pedestal, giving them a spotlight. And that's cool. And then on top of it, you got fucking supermarket sweep at the end where you get to go. You get to run through the supermarket for the chance to win 20 grand. I've only ever seen like three people do it, one of which was a football player. And he was very fast. Uh, but you have that. You have all those stupid games that he plays. You have his trickery with the three, two, one, go every time it's time to start a new shopping round. It's just a delightful show. And it's all grounded in Guy, his personality, his sense of humor, which is very much dad humor. Yeah. Which is another reason I think what you're saying about <laughs> yeah. him like appealing to the everyman. Like everybody's got that uncle who makes these kinds of dumb jokes, yeah. or their dad does it, or their grandpa does it, or b- a boss. And he represents that to everybody else. He's more the guy that you would like, even if you couldn't stand him at work or something like that, he's the guy that you would hang out with before you would hang out with a boss or something. You know, like there's nothing judgmental about Guy Fieri. There's nothing that seems above you with Guy Fieri. Like the guy on Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives loses it for almost everything he eats, you know, and he's so encouraging to those people. Even if some of it is an act, he is so positive the entire time that he's there. He's excited to be eating. He's just near orgasm every time he eats some sort of food from these people. And it's like, you can't help but be drawn in by the positivity of that. Absolutely. Look, I know why people make fun of him. That look, He's a caricature. Exactly. That begs for ridicule. Can we talk about his look? Like his glasses? Like, like there is a specific Guy Fieri look. Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. Like... 
back of his head, yeah. just rocking him. I guess I have seen him on the front of his face a couple of times. Yeah. But the majority of the time, those Oakleys are resting on the back of his neck. Nine times out of ten. I uh, have not seen that look actually sported out in the wild since my youth in Georgia. Yeah. So, obviously, the 90s. The 90s, yeah. Oh, man, yeah. It's not a it's not a great look. I feel like it's either on the back of his head or sort of in the middle of his forehead. Yeah, not even, like, and on top of his head. No, and you don't know how the, they're the suspended spikes. there. Yeah. It's by some sort of magic. It's like in The Matrix. Yeah. How do Morpheus' glasses work? Well, ask Guy Fieri. Yeah, he would know. He and Morpheus. Yeah. A couple of bros. Do you yeah. want the green pill or the blue pill or the red pill? <laughs> you want pill? that red pill, brother? That red pill is dynamite. <laughs> the blue pill is out of bounds, brother. Yeah, the glasses thing uh, is a weird look. And I often will say, Guy, you're on television. Try. Just dress up a little bit. I know Mm -hmm. you have your style, Mm -hmm. but just put in a little bit of effort. So many times on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, watch them with flip-flops on. Mm -hmm. And it's like, put on a closed-toed shoe, for Christ's sake, buddy. It's his thing, buddy. I know. It's his style. He's being his true, authentic self. Or at least... The brand of his true authentic self. That is a good point. However, take one second to watch this guy, and there is so much joy, and he's so unselfconscious, yeah. and he is so purely himself, unabashedly, unafraid to be himself. I find that somewhat aspirational. Because you know what just dawned on me? What's that? I talked about him being from the 90s, and Penguins versus Possums. Guy Fieri is the kind of guy that I originally was inspired oh, to do snap. the Penguins versus Pot. Like, he's got the same build. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the spiky hair with the bleach tips. He's got the Oakley sunglasses, oh even though he wears, some, he wears them on the back of his head. So for anybody who doesn't know, our old comic that we did together, yes. Penguins with Lindsay Calhoun Bring, yeah. our comic, Penguins versus Possum, started as Sebastian's brainchild when he was in college, or no, sorry, high school. The penguin first came from high school. And, and then, it was a yeah. penguin character who was a little husky, who wore Oakley sunglasses and definitely had exact Guy Fieri spiky hair. And it was all just you getting across the kind of guy you hated yeah. and making fun of them. Yeah. Holy crap, you were drawing a penguin caricature of Guy Fieri. Pretty much, yeah. Like Guy Fieri is like the grown-up version of the high school kids in the 90s that I was talking about. Wow. and But you obviously didn't like them. You created a whole series of comic books to yeah. ridicule them. So Well, it wh- started there, obviously. It, it transitioned to something else. But obviously. yeah, I, I very much dislike this particular type of person in the you know late 90s or whatever. However, maybe this shows some maturity in that, hey, there's more to people than just one thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you can't judge anybody, any book by the cover and look at, Guy Fieri, perfect example. Here we are, all these years later, like five years after I graduated high school, give or take, 20 years. <laughs> and here we are talking about this same type of person, but as an adult, he's stuck in that same sort of 90s persona, but it works for him. And we can all very easily make jokes about Guy Fieri. That's easy. But to really look at who Guy is and the positive things that he's done and the positive example that he sets with being so positive man, this is really a moment. This is a full circle moment for me. And now the island is done. Goodbye. Wow. Okay. Oh, God. So Ashton just turned into smoke as if Thanos just snapped the Infinity Gauntlet and he floated away. Oh, wait. He's reconstituting. He's he's coming back together. Oh, hey, you're back. He did the snap. I told him to shut his trap. Oh, got him. Yeah. yeah. Take that, Thanos. I used to say Thanos. I did too. I did too. It's been very difficult for me Same. to... Uh, to correct myself much like rob liefeld if you listen to our rob liefeld episode 
previously. I used I called him Rob Leefield yeah. my entire life until yeah. I met you, and you uh, fortunately set, corrected me. Set you straight. You did set me straight, and it's still kind of hard to say it. And my, my aforementioned friend, Darren, he still says Leefield sometimes just because <sighs> out of just that's what we're used to doing. Yeah. And it's hard when I'm talking to him on the phone about the guy. And to Which say you guys do like fault. almost every day. Absolutely. <laughs> talking Absolutely. about the image revolution. Yeah, man. Darren and I are sometimes stuck in the past a little bit. So Rob Liefeld actually does come up more than you'd think. Can you imagine if you were hanging out with Rob Liefeld and Guy Fieri at the same time? Holy shit. I'm pretty sure that like that would cause like a nuclear reaction of some <laughs> kind. Like that is like it would cause a black hole. The world would get sucked in. And it would all be over if those two men were to shake hands. Yeah. But they probably wouldn't shake hands. They'd probably dab. <laughs> yep. Guy Fieri with his spikes and Rob Liefeld with his wispy bangs. The so, dab that end the, ended the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I would. I hope I'm there for it because that would be highly entertaining. It would be those two guys. Those extreme? Two, it it would, would be extreme and it would be out of bounds. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about Guy Fieri's shows. Obviously, I've touched on Triple G, aka yeah. Which is Guy's good, Grocery Games. Because that's the one I've seen the least. I've watched it a few times, but yeah, I don't know. I've just never caught it that often. Like Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, I've watched a ton. Yeah. Guy's Grocery Games, I'll watch it now and again. And I think it's interesting because he's actually more subdued, I feel, on that show than he is in Diners, Drive-Ins, and right. Dives. Well, yeah, because he's got three hosts, or not three hosts, but three judges, judges. that have to... Uh, that I do think temper him a little bit, but still, when it's when he's given the stage in that show, uh-huh. when it's like right before they go off to do to do their shopping before the whatever the challenge is yeah. for each round, that is just pure unfiltered Fieri, <laughs> and it's so dumb. But I find it adorable. I find it charming. Uh, again, that's like when he's at his dad jokiest. Okay. is right before uh, he entertains himself so much. And I actually think that's really funny because I'm somebody who I laugh at myself probably more than I should. Why else would I have wanted to do a podcast so I could hear myself talk and make myself laugh? But he makes himself laugh so much by giving people tiny shopping carts, tiny shopping bags, by trickery, uh, by making them play bowling so they can pick their ingredients. Just every dumb game from every game show you've ever seen Uh thrown all together in one big show. Like it's been put in a blender? And he made a meal of it. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Like, he could, like he'd eat it off a flip-flop. He, like he'd eat it off a flip-flop. Because it gives him the drip drop. <laughs> I got I to gotta get better at these rhymes. Uh, so that's totally unfiltered Fieri. And especially when he does the three, two, one, go. Yeah, what's the deal with that? He kind of sneaks it in, I noticed. Every single goddamn time. He makes some sort of thing about it. So in the game, all your chefs are lined up with their shopping carts. They have to go do the shopping for whatever the food challenge is, be it a burger, a sandwich, a lunch rush, what have you, a chicken dinner, or as he would call it, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Right. But everyone's lined up, and he tells them the rules or whatever the challenge is. You can only shop on certain aisles, or you have to use these tiny carts. And then he eventually says, uh, you got to wait till three, two, one, go. So he, as long as he says the words three, two, one, and go, it is time to run. And you know the people who have watched the show because they don't fall for that shit. But there are times when people will waste up to 10 seconds just standing there while guys not speaking. Because it'd be like, oh, now there's three of you. But then after we catch one of you, there's going to be two of you. Then it's going to eventually be down to one. And then you're going to have to go somewhere. And then usually one person will bolt. But sometimes you'll just watch it and be like, what are you doing? Have you never seen the format of the show? But it's his funny dad joke that he loves so much. He laughs 
so hard at himself every time he does this bit. <laughs> he's been doing this stuff so long, and he's been guy for so long. You kind of got to just keep yourself entertained, I guess. I guess so. And he does that, too. He brings his kids, Hunter and Ryder, along for the ride a lot. They actually had a whole show, like Guy's Family Vacation, uh, last summer. That was like a one-time special of them traveling around the country and trying different foods. I'm pretty sure he is jockeying for one or both of his sons to take over the Food Network empire one day and to become Food Network hosts. He's giving them tons of time on camera. He brings them into the shows as much as he can and has them do his job, like giving critiques of food uh, in a very not great, not technical way. Okay. Do they way look that like it, him? Because I really hope that they have bleached the hair and have uh, flame shirts. They're blonde. They are blonde kids. They look like the most average-ass kids you've ever seen in your life. Uh. Ryder, I think, is the older one. He's probably in his like late teens, like 16, 17 Hunter is the younger one. He's probably like 10 or so, and they don't have that fiery spark. I'm worried for him that he's resting all of his hopes and dreams, which, by God, that guy has achieved all the hopes and dreams yeah. for 10 lifetimes. But to give it over to his kids, I don't know if it's going to to go because unless those kids develop some pretty large personalities over the next few years. Or if he has another kid named Gatherer. <laughs> right. Hunter, Ryder, Gatherer, that's a farmer, farmer, um, plumber, talker, bomber. Oh, bomber Fieri. Yeah, now that kid is gonna rule the Food Network with an iron <laughs> fucking fist, man. Bomber's gonna be awesome. Bomber's gonna come out the womb with spiky blonde hair. Yeah. Bomber's gonna come out with that fake baked tan. Oh man, Bomber's gonna be the shit. Maybe. Oh, maybe Bomber's a girl. Yeah. That's what we need. But she that's still has that thing. like postage stamp thing on her chin that he's got. Well, obviously, because yeah. everybody in the Fieri family has that. Even his wife probably has it. But yeah, Bomber Fieri comes out. And a lot of times when you do a reboot, it is we're a gender swap. Mm-hmm. You know, we just had Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse with mm-hmm. a very excellently realized female Dr. Octopus. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. So that's what we need is we need a female Fieri. Oh, my God. You know? A female I mean, Fieri. I guess her name can't really be Bomber Fieri. Why? It needs to be Girl Fieri. Because it's Guy Fieri and Girl oh, Fieri. Oh, I see. That's the only way it could work, man. I see. What were we talking about? We're, talk- <laughs> we're talking about the, the Game of Thrones-esque lineage of Guy Fieri and how those kids are going to take over one day for him and his empire. But let's talk Let's talk turkey. Let's talk about everybody's favorite show. Let's talk about Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Triple D. Triple D on Triple G. So obviously the format of the show is he finds funky joints all around this great country to spotlight yeah which is pretty awesome yeah super awesome mom and pop shops family-owned restaurants just local joints that would maybe not otherwise get any kind of spotlight certainly wouldn't have the cloud or the cash to promote themselves on this scale totally there was actually i'm from the bay area and there's a place in pacifica i think it's like a rib joint near where my a member of my family lives and they said that after it was on diners drive-ins and dives you couldn't even get into the place like there was just lines of people that were always waiting to go in and this is a little spot in a little town that you know before this happened was pretty quiet Mm -hmm. you know and then you can immediately see the effects of getting the free advertising basically and from such an illustrious prominent uh celebrity chef yeah yeah I try to make it my beeswax to go to a diners, drive-ins, and dive spot every time I visit a new city. Mm. I can't remember all the specific places because it's been a lot at this point. I've checked out places in Minneapolis, in Dallas, Seattle, 
San Francisco, definitely San Diego, uh, New York. So it just, that's just what I do. Lindsay and I will often get to a city and pull up on our phones immediately, a list of triple D joints near us. And it's not hard to find one. You'll always find one. I remember, uh, we went to Seattle and, uh, we had plans to eat at the space needle. We missed our flight because I'm a schmuck and didn't get us out the door early enough. And so we got there much later and we missed our dinner on the space needle. However, we did find a little burger joint that was within walking distance to our hotel, and it was fantastic. We had such a great time. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Pecan Lodge in Dallas was some place that I tried. It's a barbecue place, ribs. It's one of the most delicious places I've ever eaten. I found that on Triple D, and it is so much fun to watch these people doing their thing. You get so many different blends of personalities, of ethnicities, of just people from all around the world doing dishes that represent them and where they come from and it just really shows the melting pot that is america in a in a in a fun and entertaining and easily digestible way that's really cool that he does shine a spotlight on that that it has kind of grown out of it's not just diners or drive-ins or dives that it is kind of food places of all sorts at this point but that are you wouldn't necessarily know about unless he put a spotlight on them and that's really cool as you said it points out like if their culinary expertise is from somewhere else like if they're from a different country if they're immigrants or whatever if they have a different background that's really cool that he's shining a spotlight on that and then you have this list that you can check out and support them anytime that you're in that area that's just a really cool thing and i think it's and what did you say they're on like season 30 or something those um that's a hell of a lot of seasons yeah those are like reality shows or whatever that how they out they don't have like like in the normal thing where it'd be like a season a year where they're like we did 20 seasons this this year (laughs) yeah yeah. point being there's a ton of people he's highlighted there's so many people i think they've had 260 something episodes and at least three restaurants are featured in every one so just think about that that is so many that's almost a thousand people have had their lives changed um i will say one place in burbank chili john's i think they closed though which is a little sad man i'm gonna have to look that up because i can just imagine right now guy fietti in a place called chili john's chili john's it was not the best chili in the world and that actually brings me to the point where if you've watched the show enough you can tell when guy actually likes something or when he doesn't uh, like for instance when he what, loves it he's like this is out of bounds like when he, he hates it he's like this is out of my mouth immediately no he's he says out of bounds no matter what which is goes back to the positivity you were talking about uh-huh. like, he puts a positive spin on everything but you can tell if he's like lukewarm on something he eats it and he's like that's dynamite brother but if it's like a soup like an asian soup he will go to town. It's when he just keeps biting it and won't stop eating it. That's when you know. That's when you know. That's when you know he's legitimately bought one ticket to Flavortown. Signed, sealed, and delivered to Flavortown, <laughs> of which he is the mayor. It's out of bounds. It's dynamite. It's the bomb.com. It's a uh, diggity fresh. Now I'm making them up. Now I'm just creating my own ones. Uh, but it's funny to watch him just like light up and uh, soups are the one thing that i can almost guarantee you if it's a hmm. soup and if it's especially if it's an asian fusion soup yeah that gets them every time and i'm just waiting because i'm not I, i'm not a big soup guy so I'm, i don't really care for that but i love i'm like oh man here it comes <laughs> those aren't the things that i i watch on that show and i'm like god i wish i could have that those would go to the barbecue places and uh-huh. uh, the burger places but yeah man i love watching them like light up and just love and just devour 
these things that he is enjoying. I like the idea that you can see it coming. So you know when where they're like, oh, well, we've got this soup that we want to, that you posit. And you're like, honey, come in here. <laughs> Get it, 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 He's I, about to lose it. Yeah. They got a <laughs> soup. We're about to blow Guy Fieri's mind. <laughs> it's funny because Asian food is like so not his brand. I feel like when I think of him, I think of mac and cheese yeah. on a hamburger and uh, like loaded cheese fries with, yeah. on the side. Not like uh, escargot or like, oh, no. good. There's a new vegan organic. No. And you can tell he doesn't love vegan stuff, by the way. Anytime he goes into a vegan restaurant or sometimes they'll even call it out. It's like, oh, I didn't know this was vegan. When he gets there, and he usually ends up liking it, but you can tell vegan's not his thing. He For goes him and to be kills s- an animal just to even the scales. <laughs> yeah, he's you know he probably has like a fanny pack that's just hidden that just has like some pulled pork or some like barbecue ribs just sitting there anytime he needs it. Yeah. He also probably has like a jug of like some sort of Asian Grease. pork soup. Oh, just like uh, he has like a canteen of that. For any time he has to wash out that vegan flavor. Yeah. But it's funny because, yeah, none of his restaurants have... Uh, well, I guess he does have Tex Wasabi's, which is, I think, like a barbecue place slash an Asian joint. So maybe that does cover the, his Asian flair or what he does enjoy. Hmm. I don't know. We can go through all of his restaurants later. I actually have a personal story about one of his restaurants. But Dino's Drive-Ins and Dives, just what a delight. Yeah, and it's so fun to watch. Like I think because it is... The time that he spends in each place is pretty short. As you said, there's three, at least three restaurants per episode. And seeing him interact with the people, getting the stories of the people who own the place or how they came up with this dish, like it's all very personal and it's cool to hear their stories, whether it's passed down from their grandparents or they just were experimenting and, oh, they saved all their money. Like all those stories are always really interesting. And then also hearing all the people that are clearly like locals that are like, oh, I always come here for this. And they're excited because also the cameras are rolling. Yeah. So they're even more happy to be there because they know they're going to be on TV. Right. Like, this is the best thing I ever ate yeah. too. You know what? It, that show really makes me appreciate the food that I get at a restaurant, unless it's a place like you know, an Applebee's or one of those like giant chains that probably have a lot of things pre-made. Here's you, why Applebee's is great. Go listen to that episode. <laughs> you can hear us talk about a lot of food that Guy Fieri probably would really enjoy. Yeah. But I was going to say that watching these people make what seems like, when it yeah. comes out to the table, a simple dish, to see the amount of work that goes into that, it's given me a new respect for these people who are concocting these recipes who are actually putting it all together they really got to put like true elbow grease into this a lot of the time yeah and it's like they're putting their heart and soul into it so it makes me really respect chefs who are doing these things every day like i think about that sometimes when it's like a sauce that just goes on top of the pulled pork or a sauce that goes on top of whatever the salad or you know the bourbon glaze or whatever and to watch how much work goes into the bourbon glaze alone not to mention the rest of the dish it's like jesus i don't i don't have what it takes to do that i don't have the the fortitude to to do that so like i said mad respect to all those chefs that do it every day yeah absolutely it's given me more appreciation for a lot of the stuff that goes into it too i mean i think especially in today's modern society like we want everything right away and you really see like some of these things are like we marinate it for two days it's not ready yet like hang on or this this dish actually takes 45 minutes to make you're gonna need to hold on for a second and we're like but where's my meal that there is actually if they're preparing it fresh and with love that it takes a little time and you gotta just wait for a minute yeah, we we typically, like you said, we don't think about that. Yeah. And I think it would be nice to, to get that respect. Also, on top of just seeing how much work goes into it, it's given me a lot of ideas of things to do myself. 
to bring home and mm. to cook and to try out. Usually, I probably don't meet the success that these chefs do, but it's definitely given me a lot of ideas for different ingredients. Because uh, if you watch a show like Chopped or Beat Bobby Flay, they have the world's worth of uh, ingredients at their disposal. Yeah. They have any old thing they need. So watching something like Triple D is definitely like, oh, well, these guys are using normal ingredients that normal yeah. people will have on hand that I have in my spice rack. It's a lot of uh, yeah, blending of spices and mixing of spices and seeing how something looks or how something blends together has really helped me expand my horizons as a, as a cook. I'm certainly, I am no chef. It's something I do enjoy doing and I would never say like I'm all that good at it, but I think I've learned a lot from the show and from watching the food network in general, yeah. watching somebody like Bobby Flay grill a steak is definitely enlightening because it shows you exactly how you're supposed to do it. Yeah. And again, I still usually fail, <laughs> but by God, I'm going to keep trying and I'm going to keep learning new things and picking up new techniques from these places and from these shows. So I think that's another cool benefit. That's another reason why it's great. You're learning. Yeah. It's instructional. Exactly. It's inspiring. And that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with Guy Fieri personally, but I will say he on the show, I mean, obviously he's the driving force literally in his red Camaro, the driving <laughs> yeah. force of the show, but he's the guy who's always commenting on everything in a lot of ways in a silly way funny way or mm -hmm. attempting to be funny way usually it's pretty corny yeah. but he a lot of things he says will give you tidbits because we forget the guy fairy is not just a personality he is a chef also yeah i think that's something that we kind of lose sight of that he is classically trained in culinary arts and he knows what he's doing i've only yeah. think i've ever seen him because i didn't watch when he was on the food network the next food network star i wasn't watching back then same so I didn't see his coming up. And I've seen him, like, grill out on a couple of shows before, but never, like, do the chopped thing. Yeah. Uh, until one episode of Guy's Grocery Games, I think he took – there was, like, five minutes left on the clock. And somebody said, oh, man, I want this. And I think it was, like, a cauliflower steak. He, in that five minutes, made the most delicious-looking cauliflower steak. He made sides to it. He made, like, potatoes. And it was, like, what looked like a five-star meal. And he served it to one of the judges, and they were like, this is amazing. That's and cool. that was the only time I've ever seen him cook. So apparently he does have legitimate skill to back up this ridiculous persona. That's impressive, especially that he make a, made a steak out of cauliflower. Yeah, I know. It's, he changed his vegetable into meat. <laughs> it was just a thick cut of cauliflower, man. <laughs> oh. Not a literal steak. It's not like alchemy of, but we've been trying <laughs> no, he, to turn cauliflower into steak for years. That's a thing, a cauliflower steak. Have you never heard of a cauliflower steak? <laughs> I've heard of cauliflower ears. Well, you don't really eat those. I was pretty upset recently. Mike Tyson would. Oh, <laughs> God damn it, you got me, Seb. Uh, he would. I recently, uh, Ronda Rousey's been uh, in the WWE for the last year or so. Oh, yeah. Um, I only just recently realized she's got cauliflower ear, and it makes total sense because she's been a fighter for her entire professional life. I don't think I've ever noticed it. I've it's seen not her like, a ton, but... It's not bad as like, uh, who's the guy with the grills? George Foreman or somebody like that, or <laughs> probably Evander Holyfield, or, or like Conor McGregor or somebody like that who's yeah. got really gnarly yeah. ears from what I remember. But... Cauliflower ear is one of Lindsay's many obsessions. Does she watch those videos where they drain them? Oh, no. I, I hope not. That sounds horrifying. Tell her to look it up. Oh, God. She's going to now. But I know she's obsessed with the idea, and she's really freaked out by him. And I think, actually, I used to not be so freaked out by it. But now, because of her, now I am. So thanks a lot, wife. I wasn't uh, freaked out by him. Until I watched them being drained. Yeah, I'm going to have to stop the recording and go watch one of those <laughs> real quick. So we'll be right back. 
Okay, so we've talked about his shows. Yes. We've talked about, in general, the man. The man, the myth, the legend. We haven't talked about his food. Obviously, I just said he was a good chef. Yes. I don't know if he's actually creating the recipes behind his restaurants, of which he's got several. Johnny Garlic, the aforementioned Tex Wasabi's, uh, Guy's Blank Kitchen, whatever city he's in. Uh, there's a Guy Burger Spot actually in the Burbank Airport, which I have not eaten at. Oh, but my I gosh. I plan on eating there. I want to fly out of that airport now just for, I mean, I want to fly out of that airport because it's the best airport. Uh, it's the best. Uh, it's got a burger restaurant, but it's also got a sandwich stand that's a Guy Fieri branded sandwich stand that is constantly playing Triple D on loop. That just made me laugh. I wish I that's had time. Hilarious. I was like running to catch a flight to like go to Vegas and I was, of course, running late as we've established <laughs> just on this episode that I'm bad about getting to the airport on time. But I was rushing to my gate, and I saw that, and I still, like, stopped and paused. And I was like, <laughs> do I just stand here for a minute and get a photo? No, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. And I have dinner uh, reservations at Guy's Restaurant in Vegas. Actually, that's where the story does end up, oh, Sebastian. Wow. Guy's Fieri's Kitchen and Bar in Las Vegas. His Guy Fieri's Vegas Kitchen and Bar. Yeah. Okay. It's the official name of it. Get it right. <laughs> I was on a trip with my mother and her husband and his two best friends, and it was a lovely time. We played a lot of blackjack. We played a little bit of slots. But I was only in Vegas for one reason and one reason only, and that was to get the Motley Q sandwich from Guy's Vegas Kitchen. The Motley Q? The Motley Q. Brother. I like it already. I'm going to read you what the Motley Q pulled pork sandwich is from Guy's Kitchen in Vegas. First of all, it notes that it was featured on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Duh, I already knew that. That's why I'm here. Pulled pork shoulder smothered in Guy's bourbon brown sugar barbecue sauce. Stacked with citrus slaw, pickle chips, aged cheddar cheese, onion straws, plus donkey sauce on a toasted pretzel bun. So what is donkey sauce? You know... Uh, that's something I have wondered myself because when I had the sandwich, it was delicious, but there were so many flavors going on that it's kind of hard to discern to sure. pick out one thing. But I'm pretty sure the donkey sauce is like a garlicky, kind of maybe a little bit spicy mayo. I looked up a couple of recipes of it, and okay. I haven't had the official branded version of it lately, but it looks like mayo, roasted garlic, mustard, Worcestershire sauce, or Worcestershire sauce. Uh, sriracha and then salt and pepper so it's pretty all over the place in terms of sauces it's a lot of stuff and this is a homemade this is like a copycat recipe that i looked up you know because obviously guy fieri not gonna just reveal his secrets to the world not gonna let everyone know how to make donkey sauce i don't know why it's called donkey sauce because that is such an unappealing name but maybe because of the kick Oh, yeah, maybe. Because of the sriracha kick? Yeah. Quite possibly. You never know. But this sounds tasty, though. Oh, yeah. I like all of these flavors very much. Yeah. So, But that was on the sandwich. Obviously, I took photos of it. Obviously, I will post them on the social media. How could we not? It was effing delicious. It sounds really good. It was so, so good. My only regret from that experience was that I did not get the bacon mac and cheese burger, which also looked insane. <laughs> bacon mac and cheese burger? Okay. According to this, I've got the menu in front of me. It was voted best burger in Las Vegas by Seven Magazine, winner of New York City Food and Wine Festival's Burger Bash. It's crispy applewood bacon, six cheese mac and cheese, 
onion straws, lettuce, tomato, onion, and pickle, soup of melted cheese, plus donkey sauce, all stacked on a garlic buttered brioche bun. Uh, my mouth is literally watering. I know. Right uh, I'm starving right now, and this is only <laughs> serving to make me hungrier. But the funny thing was, I wanted to go to Guy's Vegas Kitchen as a joke. I wanted to go in and see this trash monster hovel where only the worst people in Vegas go to dine. I wanted that experience. I wanted the dregs of Vegas. And let me tell you, I did not get that. What did you find? I was immediately surprised by how classy the place was. It was all a lot of like dark, rich wood with the guy's Vegas kitchen logo branded into it. Mm. I know that none of this sounds classy, but it really was. I was expecting like uh, waitresses in like a Motley Crue cut off with like low cut with yeah. their cleavage and like a like shooters. Uh, I was expecting something like that, but all the waitresses were very nice, just normally dressed people. The they decor, didn't have Oakleys on the back of their heads. They did not. Nobody had bleach blonde tips. The booths were like deep red leather, and it just felt like a nice sports bar, like a kind of high end experience. I uh, thought I thought when you said you were expecting one thing and found something else you were going to be talking about the clientele but you're actually talking about the decoration and the the way the restaurant is set up yeah was it similar to when you went when we went to applebee's and we were expecting a certain thing and it was a little bit higher class yeah but even higher class than the applebee's we went to impossible but were you (laughs) disappointed like were you expecting one thing and you were like oh this isn't what i hoped for well i wanted it to be trash but the decor 100% I was disappointed. Mm. I was bummed that it was so nice. Yeah. It it was way too nice. And yeah, as for the clientele, same thing. It's part of the link, which I feel like is, it's between like Harrah's and the Flamingo. Okay. So. I'm not super familiar with Vegas. uh, It's not the best part. It's like central. It's across from like the Bellagio, but it's on the other side of the street where like just the cheaper casinos are at. So it was part of the link, which is actually trying to be nicer okay. but it's sandwiched between two kind of older crappier casinos delicious sandwich oh yeah absolutely a sandwich that mm, a pulled pork uh, sandwich would, oh god i would eat the motley q pulled pork sandwich right now i could uh, it was delicious so tasty unfortunately like it's been long enough now to where i can't like describe the exact experience of it being in my mouth as if we had just gone but I cannot recommend it highly enough. It was delicious. I want to go back. I want to take Lindsay there uh, just so I can get the mac and cheeseburger. Sounds so good. I regularly go to Vegas, but I kind of want to go just now for this food. Oh, yeah. Uh, they did have like some pictures of Guy Fieri around the place. like Even mo- better. Mostly at the entrance, and there was one <laughs> really dumb <laughs> picture where I think he took like a carrot that was cut in half and stuck it in its mouth to be like a Gene Simmons-style tongue, like a super long tongue, I definitely took a photo of it. I have all of these on my phone right now, and they will be making their way onto the Instagram. So check us out at HWIG Podcast on Instagram to find these photos from my lovely experience at Guy's Kitchen in Vegas. But it was it was surprising, and I wonder, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if the rest of his restaurants are kind of like just, I wouldn't exactly say upscale, but just nice Sports bars, basically. Is there anything else nearby in the Los Angeles area besides the one at the Burbank Airport? You know, actually, I don't think so. Uh, Probably they were a little bit shocked and awed by their experience in Times Square, where they where where he put up Guy's New York Kitchen and bar, and got one of the most scathing reviews 
I've ever seen in yeah. my entire life. Did you do you know of the review? I do. I don't think I read the entire review. I think I read pieces about the review. Yeah, there was like Responses a huge amount of it, it went absolutely viral. There were more pieces on this review than I've ever seen on a on a restaurant review before. It was ridiculous. I think that really goes to show that the equal measures of people there to support and back up Guy Fieri and the amount of people who just honestly hate his guts and think that he's a piece of shit. I have taken the liberty of pulling some of the quotes. So let me just say, I, I'm i not going to give the guy the credit. Because this, this New York Times journalist, he's kind of an asshole. Because I think he walked into that restaurant knowing he was going to give it a zero-star review. Had it been a five-star or a three-Michelin-star restaurant, he yeah. still would have given it a zero-star review because Guy Fieri's name was on it. And yeah. he, as a New York Times snooty-ass reporter, was not about to give any kind of a claim to somebody like Guy Fieri. Yeah. So the entire review is very asshole-ish. And it was nothing but questions posed to Guy Fieri, which is interesting to read an entire thing fucking scathing as hell i've taken some questions like are they like he was like instead of leaving a comment card he was like i'll write an article basically i guess uh it was really uh, let's just read a couple of these some choice quotes i can begin great uh and these aren't these are all just interspersed throughout this there's there's long chains that we're skipping out i would say go read it but let's not give this guy any more attention than he deserves so what's the context for these quotes these are questions that he's asked these are just posing lines directly taken from this shitty review from this zero star review for guys new york kitchen zero okay guy fieri have you ever eaten at your new restaurant in times square did panic grip your soul as you stared into the whirling hypno wheel of the menu where adjectives and nouns spin in a crazy vortex when you saw the burger described as guys pat lafrida custom blend all natural creekstone farm black angus beef patty L top lettuce, tomato, onion, plus pickle, SMC, super melty cheese, and a slathering of donkey sauce on garlic butter brioche. Did your mind touch the void for a minute? Hey, did you try that blue drink? The one that glows like nuclear waste? The watermelon margarita? Any idea why it tastes like some combination of radiator fluid and formaldehyde? How did the nachos, one of the hardest dishes in the American canon to mess up, turn out so deeply unlovable by the way would you let our server know that when we asked for chai he brought us a cup of hot water (laughs) that one's pretty funny when you hung that sign by the entrance that says welcome to flavortown were you just messing with our heads somewhere within the yawning three-level interior of guy's american kitchen and bar is there a long refrigerated tunnel that servers have to pass through to make sure that the french fries already limp and oil-sogged, are also served cold? Is the entire restaurant a very expensive piece of conceptual art? Is the shapeless, structureless baked Alaska that droops and slumps and collapses while you eat it, or don't eat it, supposed to be a representation in sugar and eggs of the experience of going insane? That's those were the choice quotes that I that I picked out of this review. It goes on for quite some time, and they do make good points, like the chai bringing hot water. Yeah. There's also a thing about they apparently arrived a little late to their reservation, and other members of the party had already shown up. And in this restaurant that has 500 seats, the host apparently just said, eh, "They're in there somewhere," and waved them to go check and to go find them. So obviously, there were some 
issues. Sure. A couple things. That is super frustrating. And if that happened to me where they're like, oh, they're in there somewhere, I'd be pissed. Especially in a huge restaurant. 500 seats is no joke. Yeah. But I have had that happen in LA in a very nice place where I was going to meet a couple other professionals and I was unfamiliar with the place. And the people that were, you know, hosts basically were like, oh yeah, I would just go to the top of the staircase and they should be around there somewhere. So that happens here in LA in a very fancy place as well. That's not like it's a problem just because it's a guy's restaurant. But here's what I'll say about this article in general. If that is a problem, great. You could write that as part of your review. It was, hey, it was a problem. There's 500 seats. They didn't tell me where. But clearly this entire thing was written to make fun of Guy Fieri. Absolutely. And this is the sort of thing that bothers me, not just about this, but about uh, all kinds of things. A ton of people have blogs now. A ton of people write stuff just so... They can get a joke or just so that it can be about them. So they can look clever. Exactly. And they're taking the piss out of somebody who's just trying to, I mean, for fuck's sake, it's a restaurant in the middle of Times Square. Yeah. What do you expect? There's an Applebee's and an Olive Garden in the middle of Times Square, of which I've been to the Applebee's, as mentioned on our Applebee's episode. Choice. It was delightful. But that's the thing. You can't go into into a, a farce, a play, and go, oh. This was horrible because I don't like farce. You can't go in and order chicken tenders and go, these are gross because you don't like chicken tenders. Yeah. I'm sorry that like Guy Fieri's restaurant in Times Square where uh, it's supposed to cater to fucking tourists from Missouri doesn't have like balloons made of sugar that pop and then they sprinkle salt onto your grilled steak grilled at the table on a hot stone yeah. all that, made like, out of cauliflower which guy can do yes, by the he's way he's like the jesus of instead of water to wine he is making cauliflower into steak and i would absolutely want that to, the next jesus <laughs> whoever that ends up being uh should definitely turn cauliflower into steak if somebody awesome. could illustrate that for us and post it that would be amazing yes, guy please. fieri turning cauliflower into steak like jesus oh man preferably him dressed as jesus as yeah, well but still with his oakley's and his spiked hair his jesus robe can have flames on it oh that's a great idea tyler who uh suggested this episode is known for his photoshop skills <gasps> Known the internet over for his delightful slash completely insane Photoshop tributes to different podcasts. And I know he's done some fan art for uh, my best friend Darren's podcast, The Whole Reference Show. So the world's eyes are on you now, Tyler. No pressure. No pressure. All the pressure. Take your time. I know you got things to do. But hey, we'd love to see it. And I'd love to see Guy Fieri turn that cauliflower into a steak. But back to your point. No, this guy, this writer for the New York Times. Mm Mm-hmm. Failing New York Times. <laughs> Hashtag failing fake news New York Times. He has never eaten a chicken tendy that he liked. He's yeah. never had just a pile of fries or donkey sauce. or He wouldn't eat the Motley Q. He would probably spit it out and act like it was repulsive. Yeah. When 90% of people, as long as you're not a vegetarian or a vegan, would probably chow down on it and like it, if not love it. Yeah. But this guy... He's not of the people, this No, guy. he isn't of the people. He's not representing the lifeblood of this country, yeah. which is Guy Fieri fans, apparently. <laughs> you know, the Floridians, the Ohioans. Yeah. The they're Ohio. out there, man. The Californians, we're out there. Yeah. And, I, and I, you know, we may be in the minority here. We may just not be snooty enough. I feel like our podcast exists to shine a light on things, to, make, yeah. to add positivity. Yeah. We would never, ever give... Poor Guy Fieri, <laughs> as millionaire living in his giant house, uh, we would never give him 
a zero-star review for anything, I give him four stars for the Motley Q sandwich and for Guy's Vegas Kitchen. Boom. I, I said ha- it. I haven't even eaten it. And I give it four stars because it just sounded good. Hell yeah, it's delicious. Uh, my mom and her husband, they both had burgers. that They were ordinary burgers. They weren't crazy like the mac and cheese. I don't think they could have handled it. But they were delighted in their burgers as well. It was Boom. a great experience. And, you know, there are some negative aspects to Guy Fieri, I mean, that we have to bring up. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a million articles about it. You could find it anywhere. People trying to trash the guy. His neighbors complain that he's too loud and, and raucous for them. But, yeah. like, what do you fucking expect? Look at the guy. He is loud. He is loudness personified. What you see is what you get. He, what, exactly. So, yeah, he's going to have some pool parties. He's going to be a little... Uh, on the loud side, but you know what? You got to take the the good with the bad. What I have seen, unfortunately, are several claims of homophobia Ooh. Uh, from producers and stuff on his show. Uh, I have also seen claims that he has officiated gay weddings. So I, I don't exactly know. Uh, some people say that when he was early on in the Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dive show, he w- at one point met a gay owner of one of the restaurants and then went back to his producer. He's like, you got to warn me, brother. Mm. That's not cool. I think that people can change. I, I, I feel like a lot of people don't believe that anymore, that once you've said one thing, that it's set in stone. and that You're is, canceled. Exactly. You're that, trash. You're trash. That's it. But I believe people can change, and I would like to think that Guy Fieri, if he did say that at some point, that was wrong. That sucks. I hate to hear that about a guy that I do, uh, if not admire, I do respect him, but I feel like uh, he made some mistakes. But if the rumors are true that he did officiate a gay wedding once gay marriage was legalized around the country, then maybe that shows some growth from the guy. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to bring that up because I know a lot of people, when I've mentioned this subject to people out and about, they that's their first response. It's like, oh, isn't he homophobic? Yeah, well, that's interesting. I didn't know all that, actually. Uh, I had heard that he officiated a gay wedding. So yeah. So, interesting. yeah, exactly. And uh, so, again, maybe there was some personal growth there. Maybe he realized, as everybody does, that people's is people's. People do change, though. I mean, they do. We, all, we don't know Guy at all, you know, so clearly who knows what the guy's heart is but i do think it's important to say that people do change over time i mean his show's been on the air for 30 years or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is I it's mean, been on the year uh, on the air for 12 years that's crazy that's a long time yeah. i mean shit if i think of myself 12 years ago i was a completely different person so that's almost as long as supernatural <laughs> almost <laughs> uh not quite though they're about more to seasons into, but they're, they're about to go oh yeah definitely more seasons but they're uh, god supernatural is about to get season 15 it's gonna outlast us all man it's gonna be the cockroaches and sam and dean fighting monsters have they ever had guy on the show because they should that's stunt casting oh my god well they've had paris hilton they've had snooki they had booger from revenge of the nerds okay booger i i can get behind the yeah, other yeah. One. he wasn't playing booger it was just curtis armstrong the actor uh-huh. and he did a fantastic job let me tell you and so they've done some stunt casting before but they have not made a guy fieri in appearance but i can almost guarantee and i should know this but i'm pretty sure guy fieri has been brought up more than once on the show <sighs> as just like an offhanded joke that's what guy fieri is is like an offhanded joke to most people yeah and speaking of jokes I did run across a stand-up comedian that was basically just defending Guy Fieri. Oh, yeah, yeah, because Which was interesting because he is an easy person to sort of make jokes about. Uh, SNL did an amazing, at least a couple sketches, about Guy. Yeah, Bobby um, Moynihan yeah, playing Bobby. Guy Fieri. Oh, man, spot yeah, on. So good. And, I mean, he was dialed up, obviously, to an 11. He was out of bounds. And it was so good and so funny 
But this stand-up went the other direction. It was like, yeah, that, that's easy to do. It's easy to make fun of the guy. And he had a couple things. He was mainly defending him. He was talking about he officiated a gay wedding. He was talking about how he donated all this, his time and his money. You know, he's just listing all these things that were actually really positive. And he also said, he started out by just saying, like, what has Guy Fieri done to any of you? Which is a valid question. Like, we, not just for Guy, but for anybody who's out there that's, a little odd or a little eccentric or i mean look as we've pointed out we get why people make fun of guy like we get it and we've done the same thing but there's a lot of people out there where it's like yeah what did that person ever do to you you know like nothing and with guy he followed his dreams like that's what he did he became guy fietti and followed his dream and was true to himself i know like you know who else did that was fucking like eminem eminem uh, is somebody who just, Those guys should collaborate. Yeah, they're both guy with his rhymes, bleach blonde hair, iconic haircuts. I I feel like Eminem is somebody who came from the bottom, obviously made it to the top, and went against everything that he should have been. You know, a white kid from Detroit should never have been the biggest rapper in the world. Mm-hmm. You'd say Guy Fieri, this sort of classless guy, should not be at the top of the Food Network, mm-hmm. which is was built on things like Chopped and a little bit more highbrow cooking material. But there are people who said, I don't give a fuck what you think about me or what you think I am or what you think I should be. I'm just going to be myself and I'm just going to do it, like I said, without self-consciousness, without regret i'm just gonna go forward and be me and fuck you if you don't agree with that yeah i'm gonna be me and guess what they're both at the top of their game and even if he got nervous and he you know he was trying to take his moment to own it and there was vomit on his sweater already mom spaghetti yeah that spaghetti was out of bounds <laughs> it was bomb diggity.com diggity but that's but it's true i mean i think you made a great point of like they just they were themselves they they did you boo you do you boo i i feel like we could all learn a lesson from that from yeah. eminem and from guy fieri now obviously again these things have gotten these two guys some unwanted attention and yeah. uh some... oh i mean if who you are is actually an asshole like we're not going to defend or condone any asshole thing that that guy or eminem have done I'm a, but you know what? I mean, let's let's get out of the realm of Eminem and saying fuck the world, which is actually an insane clown posse uh, lyric. Who, you know what? We're gonna have to we're gonna have to cover the ICP at some point. Sure. But before we get to that, we gotta talk about Guy Fieriisms. Oh, okay. I mean, that's partially what he's famous for. Yeah, he's laid a beard. few in, but bomb dot com tasty. I mean, I mean that bomb dot com. That's so just, funny because it is so incredibly nineties. Like. That which is one thing I love about it. Yeah, you know, like I remember being uh, young and having a couple friends that would always they would use bomb so much, like it was pretty incredible, and it had many uses. Like, obviously, you're the bomb mm-hmm. was very popular, but then also you're a bomber, you're bombing, so it was also could be negative. Yeah. But then that all transitioned into bomb.com with the big. Tech boom. Yeah. I definitely feel like bomb.com was, is like still currently like a parent joke. Oh yeah. Like Cause what, parents are behind the times. So. Yeah. A little bit. So I feel like, you know, your grandma might say that's the bomb.com yeah. thinking that she is with yeah. it. Yeah. She's but, like groovy. Where's the beef? <laughs> you did it again. You son of a bitch. Uh, what else do we got? What are, what are some more? Oh, uh, obviously dynamite. That's dynamite, brother. That's dynamite, brother. Oh man, that sandwich is dynamite. That's the bomb.com. 
Flavortown. Flavortown. Yeah. Uh, you can't forget about Flavortown. That's the one he's most famous for. Is he's the mayor of Flavortown, the king? The uh, if you're in, if you're with Dune, he's the god emperor of Flavortown. <laughs> oh, uh, funky. Like he likes to use funky a lot, or like funkalicious, which is obviously like you know portmanteau of delicious and funky. It's <laughs> funkalicious. That's actually one of my legitimately favorite ones. The Funkalicious? Uh, yeah, that one, that one's funny to me. That one makes me laugh a lot. Like, Flavortown obviously is, like, funny, but it's kind of played out. But Funkalicious, you don't hear as much. Yeah. Real, that's just surprising that that's your favorite one. It is pretty unique. Yeah. So, it's I just get that. not an often used one, so. He, he also says uh, gangster a lot. Oh, like, he sure does. That's gangster. That's gangster, brother. I, I, you gotta throw brother at the end of everything. Even if he's talking to a woman, oh. it's like, that's Funkalicious, brother. That's gangster, brother. He should also hook up with uh, Hulk Hogan. That's gangster, brother. Oh, my God. All right. You just made my brain melt because I don't <laughs> think I want anything more in this world than Hulk Hogan and Guy Fieri to team up. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with the Mega Powers, the tag team of Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. No. Uh-uh. Circa WrestleMania 4, 5. They would eventually break up and fight each other, in which case the mega powers exploded. Unfortunately, Macho Man Randy Savage died about uh, nine years ago now, tragically, and so the mega powers can't reunite. Mm. However, we could have the mega powers too, Guy and Hulk. Yeah. Uh, we got Hulkamania, Fieri Mania. It's yeah. real. They got the bleach blonde hair. They're both stuck in a time period that's long since passed. Yeah. Oh my god. That they got would that be... facial hair. Oh, Hulk god. with his like hand, with his uh Especially like current day Hulk Hogan where it's like the white handlebar mustache, but then the black beard. Yeah. The like thin black beard around it. I mean, that's NWO Hulk for yeah. us wrestling fans. Like Hollywood Yeah, Hulk Hollywood Hulk yeah. Hogan. So oh god, I can't that would be so amazing. Yeah. Should they start a show? Of them going around. I mean, that's a, also a good, like, buddy cop comedy, I guess. Fuck. But, yeah, I would love that to would see them so team up. Good. And if they're in the ring, or even if they are in a... Oh, my God, they, they should definitely like, wrestle together. Guy Fieri as a wrestler, yes, give me that, please. He, he's like, you just you just bought two tickets to, to Paintown, USA, brother. Guy Fieri and Hulk Hogan in the ring, amazing. Guy yeah. Fieri and Hulk Hogan as a pair of detectives solving crimes on TV or in a film series, yeah. even better. Yeah. Best Guy Fieri and Hulk Hogan going around eating at funky joints all over this country. Yeah. That was the next thing I was going to pitch was them just doing like food stuff together. Yeah. Dude, brother, these tacos are phenomenal, brother. They make me want to put the smackdown on my tongue, brother. Those sounds good. You know good. what? We got to have Darren on. He does the Take best Hulk money. Hogan impression I've ever heard. It's fantastic. And he would have killed that segment. My, honestly, my brain's just still melted from the idea <laughs> of Guy Fieri and Hulk Hogan being in the same frame together. That would be just the most amazing thing. That would make me so happy. What if they did a like transmedia thing where they, it, it was like they did all of those things. Like they would wrestle and then they would have like a road trip movie where they're detectives solving crimes. And then they would stop on the road and go to a diner. And that would be like another part of this whole thing. Bro, I got it. They're like the A-team, mm-hmm. but instead of going from town to town just looking for, what do they do? Look for trouble? Look for people who needed help? Or were they mercenaries? Did people like call the A-team? Well, over? if you were lucky enough, and if you could find them, maybe you could hire the A-team. Okay, so <laughs> so they just like traveled in B.A. Baracus's van. B.A. Baracus, yeah. which we all know means badass Baracus. Oh, of course. Of but course. I think they Played actually by Mr. T. gave him a different name for that. Played by Mr. Uh, T. Yes, played by Mr. Uh, T. Who was in 
maybe the first WrestleMania, maybe the first couple WrestleManias. Oh, Who knows? Yeah. I know he fought Roddy Piper in a boxing match or something like that. Uh, I think at WrestleMania two, and I think he was in a tag team match, perhaps in part one. I don't know. Uh, once again, Darren would know. He's he's a wrestling knowledge master. Yes. Yeah, he's an encyclopedia of wrestling knowledge. It's insane. So okay, so they're traveling from town to town. Yes. In Guy Fieri's red Camaro. Oh yeah. Hulkster riding shotgun. Guy yeah. at the wheel. Obviously. They are wrestling from town to town, so it's just, you know, they're making the towns. That's what yeah. it's called in indie wrestling when you, you know, you're going from town to town, the highways and byways of America. They land in town. They wrestle their match. They got to eat. So, obviously, they got to go to funky joints around this all of this great country. Yeah. And while they're at these funky joints, they're going to overhear people talking. They're going to hear about the mysteries of the town. Okay. And they're like, we need to help these brothers. We need, yep. we need to give them some bomb.com justice, yeah. and we're going to solve these crimes. We're going to solve these mysteries. It's going to be out of bounds dynamite, brother, and we're going to eat it off a of flip-flop. Then they get rewarded at the end with a free meal. Like They don't get to eat it first because they, they like order their food, and then they hear about the mystery, and they're like, well, we got to go take care of this mystery first. Then sure. every episode ends with a scene of them at a diner, a drive-in, or a dive, and it's Hulkster and Guy just eating food and commenting on it. Yeah. And Guy would obviously just give his very broad commentary like, oh, brother, this got salt. This is sweet. And it's crunchy, brother. And Hulk's like, dude, that's right, brother. This is totally crunchy, dude, brother. And then they're on to the next town, on to the next mystery. I think this is... I love it. Uh, and I love... I actually like the title, Bomb.com Justice. <laughs> <laughs> me too, brother. And the only better thing is if they could get me and you to play Guy Fieri and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> We've done such a good job so far. We have. Well, we would be the showrunners, clearly. Besides bomb.com, Justice, what else we got? Oh, 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 lights out. That's lights out, brother. Lights out. That's basically like, it's so good, it knocked him out? Is that what we're going for there? Yeah, I don't exactly know where it comes from, but it's it's fun. Lights out. Lights out. What's another one? What's a a good, like, Um, another Fietti-ism? Put it on a flip-flop. Now, that's one that I've heard referenced when reading up on Guy Fieri, but I don't know if I've ever... Oh, wait, you know what? Where he's like, put it on a flip-flop, or you could put it on a trash can or something. Yes, yeah. Like, I think you he, can put this on a dirty floor, and I'd still lap it up. Exactly. Brother. I think he does variations. He got tired of just saying a flip-flop. I think flip-flop okay. is probably... Early. I think maybe I just haven't heard the flip-flop iteration of that saying, whatever that is. Oh, real deal? Real deal. That is a real deal burger, brother. That is That sandwich is the real deal, yeah. brother. And then he daps... Of course, that's yep. that's a must for any guy fitty man, woman, child. They all get dapped. I like when he um, when he's like eating it and it's just so good. It's like hanging off of his lips and he's just oh, he's in the moment and he can barely even talk. He's just like shaking his head like, mm-hmm. oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. And he looks at the guy that made it, puts his hand out, his free hand oh, out yeah, to yeah. dap. And then he's he's just like righteous when you finally can do it <laughs> also let me just comment on one of his uh, most prevalent dad jokes where he eats this particular something particularly sloppy with a sauce or something and it gets into his beard and then he says like do i have something on my face not a, yeah. not here or here he does the tommy boy joke it's not really here or here but just right here he references a movie from the 90s you mean yeah shocking everyone <laughs> tommy boy like is Guy Fieri also. It's just loud and brash and right right there in the middle of the 90s. That, that puts the shamalama and ding-dong. I think that's one you were talking about earlier that we couldn't quite get to like what the actual saying was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's particularly dumb, and you yeah. should probably retire that one. Nope. 
But I, I know Retire he won't. The guy has no, <laughs> yes. <laughs> putting the Shamalama in Ding Dong. Yeah, definitely retire as champion. Uh, there's him. Uh, another one of his most prevalent jokes is not being able to pronounce Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Yeah. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Where he says we're like Worcestershire sauce. Yeah, that one's kind of annoying. I actually kind of hate that one. <laughs> but it's so guy. It is it's very so guy. guy. I think there's like freaky deaky like he likes to obviously rhyme uh something that i'm not able to do off the top of my head clearly (laughs) but he loves to rhyme stuff like uh i don't know uh that salami make you call your mommy or something like that or um you don't know jack and that's a fact he always he also does that very i actually love when he does those things as dumb as they are because he's got this sort of sing-songy nature to oh, it yeah definitely and a certain a very particular cadence yeah the cadence is very specific but it, what's great about it is it sets you up like you know it's almost like call and response with himself <laughs> yeah totally that's a good point <laughs> and i love that and just i mean there's the sayings there's the look we haven't even touched on his humanitarian efforts. Yeah. There was the recent wildfires last year yeah. where he just totally on his own without any kind of organization behind him or any motives to get publicity, just set up a, a, a food truck for the first responders, yeah. for the people who lost their homes in the fire, who were relocated thanks to the fire. That was something that was pretty special. It was just him out there making food for people, making sure they were that they had a little bit of joy, yeah. making sure that they had something to eat. And that I think that's pretty cool. And he's apparently working on a humongous uh, rapid response truck that's like a full-service kitchen basically on wheels to do just that more and more, where it's going to be uh, basically, like I said, a kitchen on wheels to go to places where there are people in crisis. If there's a giant tornado or a flood, you know, these things tend to happen a lot anymore because weather's changing so rapidly. But I think that's pretty special that he wants to to give back. And it really doesn't seem like he's doing it just to get his name or his face out there. It seems like he's doing it because he gives a shit. Well, and I think he's, I mean, where those fires were was basically home for him. Like he's from around there. The central California area. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm sure it was personal and you know, now he is hopefully, you know, hopefully a lot of people, once they have a certain amount of money, they're like, you know what, maybe I should give some back. Yeah. And he's actually surprisingly not as rich as you think. I think I looked him up not too long ago because I think Lindsay and I were watching him like how much it's a game we often play. How much do you think Guy Fieri is worth? And I think it was something, it's still a lot. It's like, is that the game? Is like, how much do you think Guy Fieri is worth? Or is it just like, you how, choose random people? How much and, do you th- we'll be watching something, and how much do you think Joseph Gordon-Levitt is worth? It's not always Guy Fieri is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, that would be a game that ends in one round and never gets played again. <laughs> but he was worth like, somewhere between 8 and 18 million. But I expected him to be at least like 50 million. Mm. But the fact that he's rich, but not like insanely rich, and that he's also putting this truck together, yeah. says something to me. Because I feel like there are those people out there, you don't see like fucking Gene Simmons, who's worth like half a billion dollars, starting some organization to help people just out of the kindness of his own heart. Where he just goes and plays music for free. Yeah, right. From town to town. He plays bass sort of. uh, I don't know if anyone's ever seen a quote unquote bass solo by Gene Simmons at a Kiss concert. I have twice. They're not great. But yeah, no, he doesn't do that. That tongue though. That tongue though. And he does Spitfire and... 
spit up blood and he puts on a good show. It probably wouldn't be good for him to go to the uh, survivals of wildfires and, and spit fires, I would say. Yeah, that would be a little insulting. I mean, yeah. people were already insulted that, I guess, Guy Fieri uh, set up a smoker around the fires, which maybe that's a little clumsy in your execution. But I think he put it like, how else are you going to feed 200 people super yeah. quickly? It's like you get giant honks of meat. Yeah. Honks of meat. Honks of meat. That's probably what he brother. would say. Made of cauliflower at one time. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Just hunks of cauliflower that he transmogrified into cow meat. Uh, but he it's made like, that into... This is fire! This is fire, like, brother. Oh, oh, that's another one that we forgot about. That's fire, brother. But, you know, we've said a lot of good things. And, and, and Guy Fieri, again, is somebody who easily you could still look at the silly things about him. I remember the one time I was ever in the presence of Guy Fieri. Oh, you were I in was, the... The, the presence of the man, the myth, the legend. Exactly. I was downstairs at Warner Brothers where I was working at Supernatural. Uh, there was a Starbucks downstairs. This is when I was a PA. I was getting coffee and walking in, and there he was, walking in without an entourage, without cameras or any of that stuff. He's walking in with what looked like maybe his parents, like an older couple. Mm-hmm. And uh, he looked exactly as you'd expect, the bowler shirt, the board shorts, the flip-flops, and... I remember at the time thinking, oh, there's that dumb guy from the Food Network because I didn't know who he was. I didn't know him by name, but he just had a presence. I, I guess well, you he could probably just say radiated because of that fake tanning he was doing. I mean, yes, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. But it's like when you see somebody and you just know they're a star. Uh, there's, you know, just that yeah. charisma, that it factor. I was once at a retail rescue store, which uh, has dogs roaming around the store, and a couple Kardashians came in. One of which was Kendall Jenner, and I think Chloe ran. Mm. No cameras or anything, but I saw, I believe, Kendall. I had no idea who she was, but I was like, I could just tell, like, that person is somebody. You know what I mean? I really thought you were going to say one of the dogs had the it factor. Oh, no, I wish. I wish. All those dogs. Go go to Barkin' Bitches on Fairfax and adopt yourself a dog because it's a great place. I was there this weekend, actually. You know what you've just done right now? What? You've become... A type of Guy Fieri. Oh, man. Just, because just as he goes around with diners, drive-ins, and dives and gives free advertising to these little places, you just did that for, what was the name again? Barkin' Bitches Barkin on bitches. Fairfax. I'm going to give it to our, like, handful of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but as I was saying, Guy Fieri just had that it factor. You couldn't look away from him. I mean, I know there's a lot of other reasons for that. But besides <laughs> just the way he looks, yeah. he really did have presence. Yeah. Which you don't often find, and and you don't find that just in everyday life. I think if he didn't, I mean, clearly he has something because that's how he went from being a chef on the Food Network to being a brand on the Food yeah. Network. You know, to being the the face of the Food Network. Yeah, and a silly brand it may be, but I think that Guy Fieri is just like something that touches a lot of people, something that touches my heart, and just is something enjoyable, something comforting about him. And something that I, uh, no matter what you want, you could call it a train wreck or not, but you just can't take your eyes off of him. There was, I mean, in that uh, stand-up comedian that I had referenced earlier, I we can put a link. I can't remember his first name. I think his last name was Torres, but he was defending Guy Fieri. But of course, you've got to get in those sort of quick jabs, you know, those quick like acknowledgments of what Guy is. And he had a couple that were pretty great. One was uh, that he looks like the kind of guy who got electrocuted while drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> that was a good one. And then there was another one that was, uh, he looks like a Hot Topic manager moonlighting at a Friday's, Oof, which yeah. is pretty great. But so what? You know, it's also like, 
that's fun and that's funny and that is there is a certain amount of entertainment about it but I, I can't remember if you said this earlier if it was one of the articles but it was like who would you rather be in a foxhole with you know oh, that was yeah him <laughs> he was comparing Guy Fieri to Anthony Bourdain oh that's right that's right because apparently Bourdain. they had some sort of feud between the two they of had them. friction because I think Anthony Bourdain is he sort of personifies that snooty mm-hmm. highbrow version of a food critic or a food personality or he did or he did once upon a time r.i.p anthony bourdain uh i'm somebody who never really watched anthony bourdain it wasn't until after his death that i even saw anything from mm-hmm. him like i wasn't one of i wasn't a parts unknown watcher uh you were a guy fietti but i was but he definitely represented something that me maybe me being uh, I was born in Florida. I come from the South. I'm a simpler fella. Maybe I think Anthony Bourdain did seem sort of more impenetrable, like too highbrow. Yeah. Um, and that being said, I love shows like The Chef's Table on Netflix that covers these five-star restaurants, these three Michelin-star restaurants. And that show can be a little up its own ass in terms of the way it's put out there and produced. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah. Does Anthony that have Bourdain, a host? Does it have one no, host? No, Because I think that's part of the thing is like, Guy is our way in. You know, if if Anthony Bourdain is your way in and you don't connect with him, you don't want to go on that ride. You feel judged or you feel like, oh, that's not going to appeal to me. Guy welcomes you with open arms. He's like, hey, let's go on a fun drive in my red Camaro. I'm going to entertain you. He's that sort of like either friend that's kind of obnoxious that you're like, ah, but he always makes me laugh. You know, or that uncle that's like, oh, my God, with his stupid jokes. But you can't help but enjoy being around him for a little while anyway. Yeah, absolutely. But that's what I was saying about the foxhole, the the comedian, what he said about Bourdain versus Fieri is who do you want to be in that foxhole with? Yeah. And he goes into more of a riff of like Bourdain's the kind of guy in the World War II movie that's <laughs> a fuck up the entire time. And then he's cowardly and runs away when the shit goes down. Uh, and Fieri's more the guy that is here. He knows he's going to die. But by God, he's going to go down swinging. He's going to have a good time while he's doing it. But I feel like between those two guys, maybe who would you rather hang out with? Yeah. Have a blast with Guy Fieri. That's in a world where Anthony Bourdain is not passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, who do you want to hang out with? I personally would rather hang out with Guy Fieri. Throw some cauliflower on the grill. <laughs> Once it turns into a steak, it's going to be delicious. And <laughs> I just want to watch him do it. I just want to watch <laughs> him work It's a shocking magic. trick. It's really quite something. But hey, what did you folks think? Is GuyFietiBomb.com, or would you give him a zero-star review? Let us know. And how could you let us know? Well, we've got our Facebook page, Facebook.com backslash HWYG podcast. Please join us. We get a lot of pictures on there. We got a lot of activity. This is where we get our suggestions, so we get new ideas for episodes. We've got a couple more coming up down the pike that come from Facebook, so it's a really fun time. A lot of fun stuff there. Or you could find us on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, we're at hwig podcast same with instagram at hwig podcast also interact with us there we've gotten a couple suggestions i think actually this one might have come from twitter this uh, did as well again tywin tyler thank you so much for uh giving this this suggestion on and a wonderful gif of guy fieri the mayor of flavor town <laughs> on twitter it was a good way to get the suggestion uh so interact with us there uh hashtag us uh hwig podcast also you can send us an email if you'd rather just speak to us directly and not in front of the entire world you can send us an email hwig podcast at gmail.com that's right baby and we love it all we like to hear from you also hey give us a like and a review on the itunes so we, we can keep getting that Spotify money. Oh, wait, iTunes, you said? iTunes, yeah, yeah. We don't get any money from iTunes, nor do we get any from Spotify, but... Yeah, that sweet, non-existent Spotify money. Yeah, buddy. Give us all them time machines, brother. 
speaking of time, until next time, I'm John Bring. And I'm Sebastian Kalichuk. And here's why it's great, brother! Flavortown road trip, but don't you worry, there's plenty more joints all over this country. I'll be looking for you next time on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives.